This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift. Explore, train and compete on the indoor cycling app where fun is fast. Croeso. That's a bit of Welsh for you. You right, G? What's been going on? Tom, all good, thanks. Yeah, just, uh, well, just one thing before we get going. My father-in-law, mm. Ave, he, um, like Dave without the D, for everyone that looks at his name, it's a Welsh name. E Difficult spelling if you're not. Yeah, yeah, so everyone's like, how the hell do you say that? D- Dave without the D. Anyway, Ave, <laughs> um, he, he said to me last week, he was messaging me, um, he said, oh, will you and Tom like have a load of coffees before your last pod? I was like, well, um, well, I might have had one just to keep me going. I, I, I don't know, like what? Why? And he was like, oh, because you were just speaking so fast. And then um, I was like, oh, well, I, I listened to it back. I don't think there's anything different, really. Like, I was like, oh, you, you might be listening to it at like one and a half times the speed or two <laughs> times the speed. And he was just like, no, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, maybe he's just going a bit doolally. I'll just just forgot about it and then the next day he was with Sar and he said the same thing so I was like oh let me have a look at your phone got his phone yeah sure enough I think it was one and a half times the speed so when you when you actually do that on your phone it's so much quicker and I was like did you actually think we were speaking like that we were just having a quick really conversation like this that's a really good impression of going too fast yeah I know of course it is can you imagine listening to this at 1.5 now that's a hidden talent I didn't know you had that's going to sound like really fast <laughs> That, honestly, that's one of the best impressions <laughs> I've heard this year. Yeah. I don't know what you can do with it. I don't know if you can make a career out of it or a station. Well, M&M. Can you do slow as well? Yes, I can do really slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> right, we're going to add this to our stage show when we do this in the year of 2022. Um, before we actually go out and start talking about cycling, we're going to have you standing on the stage lit by a single spotlight and you just speak one and a half times <laughs> not more rate yeah all the podcasts will suddenly be 20 minutes not actually no oh it's too much I was trying to work out one and a half speed then but yeah there'll be 40 minutes instead of an hour um, how is your father-in-law getting on after the the little Christmas gift you gave him so you sent me a, <laughs> sent me a picture um, over the festive period and it's a charming game where you take a number of different chocolate bars and you chop up the wrapper and then use the letters on the wrapper to form new words. So um, to give people an idea of how this works, you've used the first two letters of the popular Twix bar um, and <laughs> the last two letters of a formerly four-fingered biscuit, chocolate biscuit, which also comes in chunky form. Um, did this go down well? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he... Uh like the effort that went into it you know it was um you know I had, well I say I had to use my head I kind of I found the pictures I just had to make them so um yeah there was another one with a um I took the M off the Mars and ended it with an E from flake is it is it a flake a flake yeah that's the one yeah yeah so that one was good and to be fair they looked they they turned out well didn't they the most complicated one the one I was most impressed by it's taken the K off the formerly mentioned Kit Kat. Um, what's the N and the O off? 
Oh, it's a Kinder Bueno. Right, that is a tough one to spot. Okay, so you've got the N and the R for Bueno, and then is that the B off a Milky Bar? Yes. Yeah, that was a tricky one because the B was quite slim. Yeah, you've done you've done really well to trim that. And it's given us the beautiful effect of a new chocolate bar simply called the knob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, before it goes to pot once I retire, I can always go into that. I mean, this is another element of the stage show. It feels more like a street performance where you stand on a corner, possibly painted in silver, and first you do the one and a half times voice, and then you make amusing, obscene chocolate bars from wrappers that people leave at your feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I've got options, haven't I? That's the main thing. Got options. Well, it's all the thing about retirement from, from being an elite sports person. It's all about the pre-planning. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about planning. Was it failed to plan... No. <laughs> fail. Prepare. Fail, fail to, to prepare. Prepare to fail. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Thanks for your help there. <laughs> That's why this pod it works, isn't it, Tom? Exactly. So, Tom, actually, speaking about that quote, how's the the whole new lineup of the GTCC jersey coming on? Actually, it's looking really good. At this exact moment, I'm looking on my phone, G, at a selection of designs, short sleeve jerseys, of course, um, a delightful looking long sleeve jersey, which is a nice addition. We've also got the option of gilets. Apart from the gilets, there's some really nice bib shorts or bib tights, which I would personally never wear. But I think if you have a professional cyclist leg, you can get away with them a bit more. There's arm warmers, there's leg warmers, uh, a buff, a summer cap. So basically, heap of stuff. If you let us know what you fancy... And as chairman, I will pass that news on to someone else as quickly as I can and get them to source it. I reckon, G, with the current situation with deliveries, etc., etc., we should have stuff ready to order at the start of February. Well, cracking. I'm looking forward to seeing it in real life. Should we get a guest on? Let's do it. Hello, I'm Sam Walker. I've spent the last few months talking to this guy. I'm a hunter. It's what I do. He's called KC. Our rules of engagement are pretty simple. If we have to pull a trigger on one person, they're all going to go. He's an American vigilante. And there is one of the biggest men I've ever seen. And he's got a knife in his hand. He rescues kidnapped children. There's no feeling in the world like putting a child back in the arms of its parents. By any means necessary. Well, it's ugly. You want me to make sure I don't hurt anybody? He scares me. And he kind of looked at me and I said, I swear to God, I said, if you do anything other than what I told you to do, I said, I'm going to kill you right here. And he might scare you. About got tears in your eyes right now just thinking about that, don't you? Download the podcast, American Vigilante. Download American Vigilante. Out now. Now. Tom, good news. The sponsors are back for season two. That is Momentous, G. And Momentous just so happens to be the sponsors of this next bit. But who are they? <laughs> well, for all you listeners that were listening last season, you'll remember them as Amp Human. Aha, yeah, a leading human performance company that works with over 150 pro and elite sporting teams. And once again, we've got an exclusive discount for you. G, what's the lowdown? Well, I use uh, PR lotion all the time. You basically rub it directly in your muscles. You get bicarb directly into them and, you know, allows me to maximize 
training sessions and improves recovery time. Yeah, if you try it, the clinical data says you'll get 53% less muscle soreness and be able to do 25% more training intervals. I like those odds, G. So if you fancy slapping it all over your legs before your next big ride or workout, go to livemomentous.com. So that first bit, all one word, L-I-V-E, then M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S. And because you listen to this podcast, we've got you an exclusive discount. Just use the code GTCC2021 at the checkout for 25% off Momentus's PR lotion. Happy training. So Geraint, you're currently on a training camp. And yesterday when we were due to record a pod, you were almost too exhausted to do it. Your reasoning was that you'd done a six-hour ride and a three-hour team meeting. And I had limited sympathy for the six-hour ride because that is your job. The three-hour meeting I was full of sympathy for. And I think I texted you to say, you know, the shorter the meeting, the better. Yet you came back and said that you massively enjoyed the meeting. So tell us about that meeting because it leads into today's guest. Yeah, a lot of meetings there, weren't there, Tom? Uh, so basically... Yeah, I brought along a teammate, Ben Swift, otherwise known as Swifty, uh, who was there at the meeting with us. So it's, it's quite hard to explain, isn't it, Swifty? But basically before the camp, we were sent a load of questions that we just had to answer. Uh, and there was two statements. And you say, which one reflects you more? And of that statement, is that you a lot or a little? And basically you just go through these whole list, answer about 40-odd questions. And it'll say the type of person you are. Uh, that's about right, isn't it, Swifty? Pretty much. Oh, welcome had- to the pod, by the way. Thank you. Sorry, Long time, innit? I didn't even introduce Swifty, but yeah, known him since he was, since we were both 12, <laughs> grew up racing around parks, know each other really well. Um, good mate. He was one of my ushers, trying to convince him to get married because we need never piss up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the intro. But yeah, the, the meeting was, it was good, wasn't it? No, it was good, actually. I think... When you actually sit back and understand what it means, it gave each person a lot to talk about. You know, it was almost like a, there was a joke element to it straight away. Like, oh, what's your numbers? This is my number. Yeah, you can see that in certain people. And what I found quite interesting was, I think I could have done it for you, for say, and got the same numbers. And it's interesting to know that the people that you know most on the team, and then the guys that you don't know most on, uh, a lot on the team, you can kind of see that a little bit, but to actually clarify that, it's, it was good. Yeah, so when Swifty talks about numbers, I'm sure our guest can explain all this, but you know, we'll give it a good go. And numbers, there's basically nine different uh, character traits or motivators, which is what motivates you. This is a good test if we've been listening, actually, isn't it? It is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then out of those nine sort of um, motivators, everyone has a bit of everything, obviously, but the two that you sort of... Uh, motivate you the most you get a number for so um and then it's either yeah you have a major and a minor and you know if they're both high they're both highly motivational to you type thing so anyway uh i'll, I'll stop rambling on because our guests can do it better normally i do an even better introduction but i think it's best if martin introduced himself really martin johnson not the rugby player but obviously just as talented as what he does. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the GTCC. Martin. 
Yeah, she is G. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because the amount of conferences I've turned up at to speak uh, as Martin Johnson, <laughs> and, I have to, and I have to open up with saying, I'm really sorry. I have to start with an apology. If you, <laughs> if you was expecting the World Cup winning captain, you know, then you're sadly wrong. I'm not. So, so yeah, the amount of people who do that is unreal. But, yeah, thank you, G. It's, um, it's great to be invited on the podcast, mate. I've had a great few days with you and Swifty and the team. And, um, yeah, it's been great, hasn't it? It sure has. If we just go straight into it, our introduction was pretty, or an explanation of what we've been doing was pretty good. Yeah, you. I tell you what, mate. I'm sat here smiling because uh, I could see the cogs turning in your in your head around. Like, you know, I, this is the ultimate test of if I've been listening for two days, right? But um, now nah, you and Swifty was pretty good at it. But to sort of set the scene, um, uh, just in terms of the intro, you know, I've I've been working with the Grenadiers now for probably the best part of two or three months but this camp in particular is the first time I've worked with you guys the riders uh, before that I was working with Dave B and the leadership team and the coaches and DSs and yeah we've been doing a lot of this you know self-awareness stuff and a lot of this um, finding out what makes us take who we are what drives our behavior uh, what's manifested in us uh, in, in the form of our unconscious motivators and um, yeah, it's one of those things where everybody's always sceptical about completing a test and then spitting a report out the other end and, and, and how that's going to describe them. But I've got to say what, what the work we've done and the way in which we've approached it, it's really landed well. And uh, I think it just it makes sense to you guys. You already know each other quite a lot, some better than others, but it just starts to make sense of why you act the way you do and what's important to you. So yeah, I think it's been uh, good, hasn't it? Yeah, lads? I think that was the biggest surprise was the fact how much it did seem it sounded like me you you get a paragraph or a few paragraphs of what you're like in your best self then you actually get your shadow what they call it your worst self which was a bit harder to read Ooh. but uh it was mad how how it was like so i was like geez that is me and then with swifty it was funny because you could actually i could guess what numbers he was and was pretty much spot on it, it is fantastic and i think it's interesting isn't it how that came about because uh, it was Dave B who was listening to my podcast at the time on his bike. Apparently, we do. I didn't even know. You know, sometimes you do a podcast, this podcast, and I, I know you have an understanding of how many listeners you roughly get, but you always question who's listening, don't you? Is anybody actually, uh, you know, listening to this of any note? And well, maybe not you, G, because obviously I bet, I bet yours is a bit more popular than mine. But uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise when Dave rang up and said, "I want to meet. I listen to your podcast." So, and it all went from there. Really, does he listen to this podcast, Dave B? Gym. Oh, he must do for sure. It's his favourite, isn't gotta it? Gotta be. we got to get him on at some point. He is up for it, actually, so maybe Series 3. So, Martin, just in a nutshell, what is it that you do? Because I'm still not quite got my head around it. Yeah, it's good. Do you know what? Even my, it's like I'm like Chandler from Friends, Tom. So when any, anybody in the pub <laughs> says to me, what do you do? It's like I have to really think how I describe this, right? <laughs> so, so my company is called T2, the People Performance People. We're a consultancy. We provide um, development, consultancy, and insight on leadership, uh, on how to create organizational culture. We look at group dynamics. We look at uh, development for individuals and self-awareness and all of that great stuff. So anything that uh, requires you to be better as a human being, as a person, you know, in terms of development, whether that's being a great leader in an organization or whether that's just being a great teammate. To, to, to simplify it, the way we do that, Tom, is you know, largely based around psychology and self-awareness. You can't lead others unless you can bloody lead yourself, right? And and you can't collaborate with others unless you truly understand yourself. So 
It's got a real humanistic element to it. So I don't know if that answers your question, Tom, but that's what we do. Well, I would like some real world examples um, via Geraint and Ben, I think. I'd like to know what their numbers were, what it tells us about them, whether it sounds like the G that we know. Well, Tom, I was going to say you got a guess, but the nine different characteristics ah. would be quite hard to, by the time you get to like five and six, you're probably going to have forgotten the first few. Do you want me to give you, Jim, do you want me to give you the nine and then you guys can just fill in around it? Go for it. Yeah, nice. Go for it. I like it. So so the way it works, Tom, is uh, you. there are nine things that human beings can be motivated by. And if you look at the principle of evolution and the way we've evolved as a, as a species, we're very much, and this is how I explained it to the guys in, in the camp this week, we're very much driven either towards pleasure and reward and purpose, or we're driven away from pain and danger which is survival. That's fundamentally as a species how we're governed, survival or towards pleasure and purpose. So towards pleasure or away from pain, if you think of those principles, then in modern day life, there's only nine things that we can be motivated by. And the, the organisation who created the testing, you know, put a lot of work and research and algorithms into understanding what motivates human beings. So number one, if this is, this is a motivator to be perfect, correct and right, so this is where you see the world as a very orderly place. You like structure, rules, you know, you're very methodical, you're very process driven and you like things to be perfect, correct and right. It also means you you have a sense of right and wrong and justice and equality and all of those great stuff. But generally, Tom, it's an orderly, organised person. So I've got to say whether G would tick this box or not tick this box. Yeah, this is my little test. Tricky one, actually, because I think G gives off the air of a man of insouciance who just sails through life, but actually he's pretty organised. An air of what? Insouciance. What was that word? Insouciance, yeah. Just, you like to appear relaxed, don't you? You don't get stressed too often. <laughs> but even from doing this podcast, I know how organised you are, lining up guests, turning up on time, always taking your microphone with you. So I'm actually going to say, slightly counterintuitively, that you would score quite well on that one. And that's a really good point, Tom, that we need to make at this point. On the test, every human being will score a percentage match against all nine because we can all be a little bit of everything, right? You're not just silent. But what it does is it works out what the strongest motivations are in your persona. So you end up with a couple which really come out in your analysis that you need to have fulfilled. So, yeah, that's a really important point to make. So number two, number two is to be needed and appreciated. This is a very humanistic motivator where... You get your validation in life. You get your purpose from other people needing you. So it's like these people who are very, very humanistic, they go above and beyond, all in that bid that somebody else will say thank you or appreciate your efforts or whatever it might be. You know, it's a number two to be needed and appreciated. And generally, they want to go above and beyond for others. And as a result, they feel needed and appreciated. So I've got to give G like what percentage have I for that? Well, I think a good way to do it is do you think... I'm more a one or a two at the moment. So then by the end, we'll know gotcha. what you think I am the most. That's probably the I'm going to say you are more a one than a two. I'm not sure you'll bother what, what other, most other people think because I think you're quite self-motivated. Ah, interesting. Good observation. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Some of these motivations can be independent, sort of quite quite selfish, maybe task and goal focused, and some of them are very humanistic and, and centred around others for sure. So number three, uh, three is to succeed and achieve. This is a motivator where generally in your personal or professional life, you see the world where you have to set goals and targets. It's like, 
I need to set myself something to achieve. So I have to have something for, to aim for. It's like it creates the law of attraction. So it's like I want to win things or I want to earn a certain salary or have a certain house or lifestyle or I will, by this age I want to have achieved X. Succeed and achieve is a very, very goal-focused flag in the sand. You know, that's where I'm heading. And then everything I do will be driven towards achieving that. Well, that's G all over. Easy, that one. Most competitive man in the world. Competitive if you're playing Scrabble, if you're doing any sort of silly game, competitive. Uh, what is it that Rod Ellingworth told us, G, in the first series? That he has to under do your programmes, because if he says do four hours, you'll do four and a half <laughs> hours. So I say big time for that one. So three at the minute is leading then, Tom? Yeah, I think so, okay. yeah. Three, one, two, I reckon, at the moment, in order. Okay, three's leading. So, uh, yeah, very fast-paced, very driven, very competitive motivator. Okay, number four. Uh, this is actually the most rare motivator we come across in all our testing. I was saying to the lads, we've tested maybe 5,000 people and uh, only um, maybe a few hundred maximum have come out with a, with a four. It's to be special and find meaning. So this sounds very, very out there, but uh, it's probably the reason it's rare. It's actually quite really common in the cycling group, actually, which we've all been laughing about this week. But to be special and find meaning means these people have a motivation to be anything but ordinary. It's like, I want to change the world, or at least somebody's world. It's very creative, sort of out-the-box thinking. Uh, they're deep thinkers, high levels of emotional intelligence. That might rule G out straight away, right, G? But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's literally like, you know, uh, quite different, quite deep thinking, quite creative. And it's like, at the end of all this, I want to leave a legacy and say... I was different. I che- achieved that and I changed this. I'll just have you know, I am quite emotional. I cried at that show where they give birth. Was it? First? No. Call the midwife. One born every minute. One born every minute, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a little tear then, yeah. Yeah, since I've had Max, I've got a lot more emotional. Whether that's intelligent emotion is another question, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you've been pretty emotional most of the time I've known you. <laughs> ben, tell us what he was like at his own wedding. After a few beers. Oh, boy, boy, oh. Yeah. We ain't got time for that. A lot of blubbing. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good tears though, weren't it? Basically, as soon as I walked into the okay. church, wasn't it? It just yeah. started. I think it was the gin that we had before, though, and the few pints. <laughs> That's what he thinks he had. <laughs> so, Tom, the, so, Tom, the question is, is, does G want to be special and find meaning in his life? That is a tough one, because I think most people would say they do, because everyone wants meaning in their life. So I find that's quite a hard one to answer. G, give us a little steer. Oh, mate, I've, I've, I've given you everything I'm gonna get, you're going to get. Unbelievable. Okay, number five. Okay, number five is to be knowledgeable and smart. So this is very different to the four. This is like a motivator that can manifest in people where they've decided early on in their life that knowledge is power. Uh, quite often what's interesting, you see some people go, right, if if I'm going to succeed, I need to be the best in my sphere of expertise. So I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to research. I'm going to prepare. And fives very much believe that they're not emotional people. They're very rational in fact, even emotional, needy people drive them crazy. It's like they're very calm. And in a crisis, they'll systematically work through something with facts and rationale and logic. Unemotional, very logical uh, people who are often very, very uh, knowledgeable in their sphere of expertise. I'm trying to read Swifty's body language here to give myself a little steer. But you've both got poker faces on. Yeah, I don't think... In terms of the fat-based thing, do you never seem you're not obsessive about cycling history, are you? You've got your favourites, you've got your heroes, the the riders you loved watching when you were a kid, but you're not Brad style. You're not encyclopedic about cycling, are you? No, I'm not. But I do know a lot of shit, Tom. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it might be useless, G, but you know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are you going then, Tom? What, what, what are we saying? Three, four, or five? Which is strongest? Like, remember, I'm going to have a bit of everything, but what's what's standing out here? Uh, th- three is still standing out for me. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Number yeah. six. Number six is to be safe and secure. This is a motivation where it's like when a person wants to look ahead at all the things that might go wrong. You know, uh, let's think of all the scenarios that might catch us out. And I want to come back and, 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 and sort them out now. I want to get ahead of the game and I want to guard against them going wrong. So six is our very routine planning based people. It's like if I get my ducks in the row now, I'll avoid that catastrophe happening. What also comes with the six, though, is a very high moral compass. They're very loyal, very dependable, you know, don't always need to lead. They're willing to contribute, but very much centered on being safe and secure. So it's about looking ahead and and guarding against what might go wrong. It can lead to a bit of worry and procrastination as a result, but generally they're good human beings. Well, G is obviously a good human being, but despite that, I'm going to say this isn't particularly him because he's the sort of man who doesn't always um, oil his chain. If he does, sometimes it's with olive oil. And often he forgets to recharge his uh, DI2 batteries. So I'm going to give him quite a low score for that one. Absolutely. So the three still leading, right, Tom? Right, okay. Number seven. Seven is to enjoy life and be happy. So this is uh, a really positive, optimistic view of the world. We quite often see people who are motivated to enjoy life and be happy who really don't like negativity. They don't like people who uh, bring people down who are constantly moaning and making excuses sevens want to enjoy the moment they want to enjoy what they do they they've got the attention span of a gnat tom so they don't <laughs> like, they're trying to keep their attention is uh is uh, is difficult but a seven likes lots of variation uh, likes to keep interested um and generally really good in a group because they're, they're they're good with people and they keep the optimism right that's just moved into first place above three for me that that one that sounds very oh. much like Geraint. Right. Um, Interesting. Cool. All right, two more to go, Tom. Number eight, to be strong and self-reliant. This is a motivator which out of all of them, it possibly has is the most powerful and the most uh, outgoing. To be strong and self-reliant is where an, in, an individual is motivated to be in control, likes making decisions, does not want to be micromanaged, depressed, hemmed in, curtailed their independence they'll make their own decisions they're their own person and and you know quite often that leads to them being capable of amazing things but you know if they don't feel independent or they feel like they're being dictated to they can come become quite uh impatient and intolerant but H generally have a lot of belief in personal power and they can obviously quite seem quite alpha within a group <laughs> everyone likes to think of themselves as an alpha don't they but it's not always a good thing i don't think g is an alpha and i say that in a good way because i think you would be a great teammate and you are someone who's really good in a group um something about the the life of an elite cyclist as well people are always telling you what to do coaches are telling you what sessions to to ride nutritionalists are telling you exactly what to eat so yeah that's not very g to be honest tom though if you'd listen to the coaching episode which you were a part of with rod ellenworth <laughs> we discussed training and you know i take ownership in what i do so i beg your pardon yes but yeah no i okay so we've got seven as the major as we'll call it number one seven followed by three haven't we and my correlation i don't know if that's the right word but it's high so i have two numbers which are big Ooh. motivators for me so Okay. You've got 3-7 at the moment. Final one. All right. One more to go. 
Number nine, to have peace and harmony. So this is an interesting motivator where it's, it, it's in very good humans, right? To it's, it's, it's where they look at life and go, I generally don't excel or, or like conflict, discomfort or discord. In fact, people who are aggressive or confrontational or come on too strong, just it's, it's not my cup of tea. To have peace and harmony means I want everybody to succeed. I want everybody to contribute. I want the group to come together. They're often calm, the balance in a group. They're quite reflective. They don't often react. They tend to respond more because they think. And generally just, like I say, they are the mediators sometimes in the madness. They're the ones who will listen, but when they speak, people will listen too. So that's peace and harmony, and they're often the glue within a group that brings it together. Well, that sounds quite G-like to me as well. But, G, you've said that you've got two that you're very strong with, so I'm sort of low to go big on nine, having said that I was going big on seven and three. So it puts me in a slightly, slightly difficult predicament, this <laughs> one. Um, I'm still going big on seven and three, I think, but I think nine is quite you as well. Okay, so you're saying seven, three, nine in that sort of order? I think so. Should we go through mine, or should we tell you what Swifty is first? Let's go through yours. G, can we have one of your magnificent drum rolls, please? <laughs> so bad, oh, so bad. Swifty, do us a drum roll then. Uh, that's pretty good, to be fair. <laughs> How are you supposed to do that? <laughs> I must say, he gave a pretty good account of you. Yeah, fair play. You got very close, but I'm actually yeah. a 3-9. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah, 3 is my major, 9 is my minor, but they're both high motivators for me so i'm sure seven was in third place tom yes no, i'm quite happy with that and you know what tom it, it makes sense with g i mean having spent a, a few days with all these lads now and and you know we've interacted throughout the sessions and, and outside of the sessions and just listening to what teammates say about each other what's really interesting is they've, they've been talking to me about each other and what they see in each other and when when you saw when people talk about g as a three nine it's like that makes perfect sense because He's incredibly driven to succeed and achieve and eyes on the prize and wanting to, you know, achieve outcomes and, and win. But he's also more than willing to, as a peace and harmony motivator, to knuckle down and be part of the team and self-sacrifice for somebody else. Um, and obviously for me as a consultant coming in and working with these guys, watching how G operates within the group where he, he doesn't speak the loudest, he doesn't speak the most often, but when he does, people listen. It's that balance between succeed and achieve and, and the peace and the harmony that seems to really work. But what I will tell you, Tom, is it's not a common combination. You don't often see that driven three with the relaxed nine. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the, it's quite unique, really. Are we saying G special? Is that what we're trying to say? Slightly. <laughs> Swifty guessed it as well straight away, actually, when we were running through it. Cause we, were, we were sat next to, next to each other at the time as well. And, yeah, you got me down to a T, didn't you? We should hope so after but 15, 16, however many years. What about you then, Ben? Was yours... Actually, G, did you manage to guess Ben's in the same way that he guessed yours? Yeah, so the first one with Swifty is, is easy. It's the structure and the organisation because Swifty loves to plan. He's always he's always got about four plans as it is, especially COVID. He had about 10, just all the different scenarios <laughs> that might happen. Um, and then, actually, no, I was a bit torn between the his second one between the nine which i was you know the peace and harmony smoking no not smoking i don't smoke <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say bob bob marley smoking weed but i've never touched this stuff so anyway moving on uh but uh yeah the second one was tougher because i thought maybe nine which i was but 
or a seven because he's you know always getting everyone together he's like the 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 soul of the group or you know the having fun and just light-hearted nothing's too serious and um that's what you were weren't it a seven mm. it's like what you say when we did it you had to say how you see yourself how you're not how you don't want to be perceived or how you how you wish you were did you do it all on yourself or did you ask anyone like what do you think to this one what am i no i did it all on myself and then took a few pictures and read them to like the family and stuff like that and they were like oh yeah i could have done that for you and stuff but i think that's quite a bit of a a difficult question because when you say press it on how you would like yourself to be that's how you see yourself anyway because most of the times you see yourself as the best your best and you're going to pick that answer for it yeah it goes back to the results when we got the this is your you and your best self this is yourself when you're in your shadow or as with Steve Peters said on the pod you know when your chimps out this is how you sort of behave and it was nice reading the first one the shadow was a bit more sort of because at first I was like ah that's not me like I don't really do that type of stuff but then I read it a few times I was like actually I can see it I can see it more when I was younger and that was one question I asked Martin actually like can you change your number like is it possible to change and it's pretty much no isn't it but as you get older and wiser you kind of know how to deal with the shadow a bit more is that right Martin yeah yeah I mean you know there is certain we've tested quite a lot of people over different years and there's been a few occasions where certain motivators have slightly changed or swapped out because of the that moment in their life or as a result of where they're at you know something might have entered in terms of the importance but um, generally what we find is people's motivators remain similar or stagnant because by the time you reach adulthood through your early life experiences through your psychological anchors, your parenting styles, all of this thing that makes us who we are, um, you pretty much see the world in a certain way. And you don't have a dramatic personality transplant as such, if that makes sense. So you're likely to be driven by the same motivators. But what I said to G was, what will change and evolve is how you respond to them. So what you end up doing is you go, you learn what serves you well and what doesn't. And over time, you modify your behavior and the way you respond to your motivators. But let's face it, G, you know, you're never going to transition from being um, to succeed in achieving peace and harmony to being an eight major, the biggest alpha up there, center of attention, commanding everybody and directing everybody. That that, that rapid change ain't going to happen. But what, what you resonated with, G, was you said, ah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's some things 10 years ago that I read in the shadow would have got me, but maybe not now. Yeah, because then after that, we went on to triggers and what stuff triggers you into going into your shadow or getting your chimp out, you know, making you super pissed off. What were your triggers, mate? My triggers? Swifty think... likes, let's listen to him now. He thinks he's Mother Teresa. What <laughs> <laughs> you should say, I was just going to say, it was quite interesting to see or like hear when people was talking or reading about their shadow. And they're like, oh, no, that's not me. I don't like that. It's not that bad. But actually, I don't think my shadow is too bad See but then I, mean? I think that relates to my chimp or my shadow very rarely comes out it has to be quite extreme for it to come out what would you say g someone who's known ben for a long time is that accurate it is to be fair like he really gets super annoyed he can be grumpy at times and when he's tired and you know as we all are especially when we're hungry and tired but to be fair yeah, he doesn't lose his lose it that that often to be fair no the the odd occasion 
Do you know what's interesting, Swifty? You know, part of a seven to enjoy life and be happy. We see this quite a lot. You know, if that's one of your motivators in life, you very rarely uh, drift into negativity, even if you feel it a little bit. You have, it's like an inner coping mechanism to always just look at the positive side. It's like, you know, yes, this might be a shit situation or we're under pressure or, you know, it's not very enjoyable, but you'll you'll always naturally gravitate to try and see the best in the situation and just crack on. Uh, and that's really good. That, that That's a great attribute to have when you're in a team like the Ineos Grenadiers and you've got a stressful season and you're traveling and you're away from your family and, you know, things are happening. So I, I think that's probably the answer to the question. It's not that at times you don't feel it. It's at times that you're just programmed in a way to sort of go, right, well, there's no point in dwelling about it. Let's just move on. That is swifty, yeah. So, mate, what are your biggest triggers then? Just so I know, so I can poke you. <laughs> yeah. Poke the bear. So there's obviously, there's a lot. Biggest ones, like we said before, there's a lot on there, but none. I was having difficulty identifying three, but I think the three that do stand out most is people who just, just act slow or, you know, it was a little bit today. I was kind of wanting to say it, but now I was like biting my tongue when we were going around in the group and we were talking about it and it's like, phew just say your answers don't give a big explanation all the time just get your answers out that's what we're supposed to be doing so yeah people who act slowly or told you he, he has got it in him take your time pessimistic people like they can't be bothered or i can't do it no it's too hard this that just get on with it try you know uh and then people who won't make an effort to do their best especially in our job we need to be our best we try our best and I think what we see a lot in the right group, in the right, when you build that group, and certainly when you've been with people that you know for a long, long time, like it, you give your best without even thinking about it. I can see why you two are mates. Because that's quite, that's quite G, isn't it? I was going to yeah. say that. It's huh. kind of... I was going to say, I do have that. Because I get... You know when people just moan about a situation? Like, it's hard, like, you know, moaning about a job. It's easy to say, I'll oh, just get a new job. But is there things in that job, little things you can change to make it better or, you know, just be a bit more proactive and get up and do do something about it rather than just moaning about the same thing over and over and over. Like, it's fine to, it's like success and failure, isn't it? You fail at something once, do the same thing again, you fail again. Like, don't keep moaning to me that you keep failing because you're doing the same bloody thing, you know? But like the thing with these, like, they annoy most people, but I think the things we're picking out are the things that annoy us the most. So with mine, it was like, on this list feeling outdone by someone else so in my head that's sort of like when you get flicked like if someone just flicks you uh in my language that would yeah does that happen often g not really to be honest no like it was funny so it was really good because just talking about this type of stuff in a group in front of all the boys like there's 28 nine of us in a circle and it it really like um brings stuff out and you just get to know each other better and because we never talk about that and I think that's one good thing you know we've had George North on the pod and he talks about you know the leadership group and analysing a, th- uh, a match afterwards and saying you did this bad you did this good you know the high performance conversations that's what he called them didn't he which is stuck with me high performance conversations yeah and we never really do that and, and this has started the process and it's been really good because it's sort of people can really you just know people a lot better and it definitely brings you a bit closer when people are just open and honest with each other so and Creato came up to me when we were having a coffee in the interval our 10 minute interval of five <laughs> hours of, of hard graft cheers Martin but uh yeah he came up to me and he was like oh 
uh, yeah, when you get flicked, sorry about uh, Algarve again. And then I was like, oh, it, it reminded me then. I was like, oh, mate, I've let that go, you know. I've, I've got no issue with that now. What happened on the Algarve? Well, I was in the yellow jersey and he went up the road in a break with, a, with uh, one of his Polish teammates. We're in the same team and they were chopping off and they ended up getting, he ended up winning then because I wasn't really able to chase because we were in the same team. Like at the time I was a bit disappointed, but you know, I let it go after a few hours really because it's, it's Algarve at the end of the day, you know, it's not a Tour de France. I won the Tour de France the same year. So yeah, I pretty much forgot about <laughs> it. So, but yeah, so that was funny. And like, that's, we'd already spoke about it to be fair, but it's definitely just, able to sort of joke about it and just brings you that little bit closer again and I think that's key because we've been talking about you know being closer as a group and all that type of stuff as well so yeah did and going back to my triggers um just so you know Tom (laughs) so you know avoid any of these same as Swifty to be fair negative pessimistic can't do attitudes that's just annoying having your time wasted inefficiency that's really gets my back up and rules, constraints, or petty details keeping you from doing what you want or need to do. So I guess on that I should add like petty details that are sort of I feel are unnecessary. You know, because sometimes I don't know, it just can be stuff like that doesn't make any difference. Really, come on, let's just get on with it and do this. That that type of thing, really. So yeah, it's been enlightening, really, haven't it, Swifty? And and the last thing actually we got to do was um related so this was all supposed to be off the bike and then we had to give something that really annoyed us during race or like in a race or in a race environment and that was really good to do as a group because then some sometimes i was like oh yeah i can actually see where i've maybe done that and that's really pissed that guy off so it, it makes you more aware of, of what's going on and stuff really or what annoys people i was gonna i was gonna say g um for me like when we did the analysis on picking your triggers out of your report um that was useful but really the magic for me was when i asked you all and challenged you to say you know give me one thing that really will get your back up will challenge you and trigger you in terms of a racing context or within a team and and pick a real life example that might have happened over the last few years and i was quite surprised i don't know if you two lads was was if swifty was as well but i was surprised how open the group was about that. that no one held back there was a you know, general theme of things coming through. But, you know, some people were saying, Tom, for example, like if I've ridden my ass off for you in a stage and I've self-sacrificed and ended up in the gutter and you go on and win um, and you get on the bus and walk past me without even a thank you, without even putting your arm on my shoulder, it doesn't sit right with me. And you can, and, and you could look at the group and look at the eyes and there was people sort of thinking, well, that's happened and you've done that to me. And there was even maybe other riders who were probably having that light bulb moment going, well, I've done that before, but it's just because I've, I've just got on the bus, I'm tired, you know, whatever it might be. But there was a number of riders who were pulling these examples out of, and that's like gold dust, because if you can discuss that at the start of the season and you're aware of what people don't appreciate, then you've got every chance of, of avoiding that as, as you go forward, you know. That wasn't one of mine, by the way. I always say thanks. <laughs> no, I think going back to what Martin said there by doing it in the group, I think what the really good thing there was when people were all saying their individual things, you were like, yeah, that really would annoy me as well, actually. And that's what does it. That I wish I'd have said that. So there's quite a few a few things that really mix for other people. So if they're thinking it and I'm thinking it, then it's quite an obvious thing to change and we can all be in a better place for it. 
Were you surprised by any of the results, Go right from your teammates? Anyone who you didn't expect to come out a certain way? Uh, yeah. The one thing I was surprised about and very disappointed was that Cam Worth had exactly the same numbers as me. The only I, two, no? Yeah, I was like, how the hell am I the same as you, mate? <laughs> uh, but he's a nice guy. He just chats a lot of rubbish. But, uh, <laughs> but don't forget, G, he, he's an Aussie as well. So that's the main difference. <laughs> yeah, that was the final nail in the coffin. But... No, I think it was it was interesting because at the end then, Martin put everyone into groups. So it was people that were, so like the similar characteristics. And then looking at it, you could see bloody hell, like in that one column, they're mainly sort of the guys, the leaders. Then in another column is, and you could kind of see the the group dynamic. That was one question I asked Martin, like, oh, so when you see my results, could you say, well, you're you're not going to get on with this guy because of his results? It's pretty much yes and no, really, isn't it? Yeah, the correlation was, you know, when we looked at the people who had the driving motivators to succeed and achieve or to be strong and self-reliant, you know, the ones who want to, you know, want to shoot for something, you know, want to win, want to compete, want to be their own person. A lot of the lead riders in the squad was on that column, wasn't there? And I, and I, didn't, I didn't know if that was going to pan out that way. I didn't know if motivations would be correlated with, ability to uh, to lead or whatever it might be but it was quite stark wasn't it there was a lot of that but then and then a lot of the um the collaborative motivators and the and the focused motivators was you know you could look at the riders and and it's not an exact science but what i said to g was i said in theory it's not about picking a team based on how people are motivated or wired it's looking at the team that is picked and understanding how we're going to gel together and if we've got three big characters in a, in a seven-man team, you know, if we've got G, you know, Egan and Teo, or because Teo's a big character in his profile as well, then then that's got its strengths, but it's also something you've really got to think about because you've all got the tendency to want to go for it, you know, to want to just, you know, have have a go. So it, 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 I sort of answered it like that, didn't I, G? I said, it, it's, it's, there's no right or wrong, but what it does give you is an understanding of where you've got a team, where you've really got to communicate and collaborate, what the plan is. Would you take the test, Tom? I'll take the test, yeah. We'll flip it around, G. You've got to try and get it right for me. Well, I'll tell you what, Tom. Send me your email address. We'll send you out a, a test. And nice. We'll have a look. Test results Beautiful. In two weeks we'll time. come back, see if G gets it right. <laughs> I'd love to see SARS as well, actually. So I'm already going to... I've already invoiced... Uh, mine's already invoiced me that for that test. So I'm going to get that done. That'll be interesting. <laughs> do you? Re- how close do you reckon you're going to get it to SAR? Uh, I reckon I, I'll, I'd nail it, maybe. Bang on. Will she be irritated if you get it bang on? Uh, no, she'd probably be irritated if I got it completely wrong. You don't know me at all. Yeah. <laughs> what am I even doing with you? <laughs> this could be a marriage break, Edgy. <laughs> Thing is, though, if we're totally the opposite, then I can just say, well, opposites attract. And if we're the same, we say, well, we're the same. We're made for each other. So I'm laughing, really, aren't I? Soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my final question, Martin, we had Tom Pickcock as a guest on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, which was really interesting. What did the time you spent with the team tell you about Tom's mindset? Yeah, Tom's a, Tom's a great kid. And, um, you know, I sort of, when all the guys came in, there's 29 of them at this camp. Um, and when they all came into the space to meet me for the first time, you know, obviously I'm watching body language. I'm watching how the lads carry themselves. Do they look nervous? Are they cheeky? Are they into it? Um, and generally, they're all really friendly, approachable lads. And Tom, Tom comes in. He sort of gives me. But he's always smiling. Is Tom? And you don't know whether he's smiling at you in a 
in a good way or in a in a you know in a cheeky way. Anyway, he goes and sits right at the back and he sort of lays down a little bit of a hand behind his head and I'm thinking, I've got to get him on board in the first five minutes or this could be a this could be a challenge. Um anyway, we delivers the session and Tom's got a a rare combination himself, which really makes sense with Tom, you know, really driven lad, you know, really wants to do well, but he can he needs to do so within the boundaries of structure and organization and, and a lot of support as well. Um so anyway, we does this session for two hours and then I goes up to all the lads sort of come up to me and we're having a chat afterwards and I, I goes over to Tom and I said, how did you find that? And this was his answer. He said, put it this way, mate. He said, nobody has ever kept my attention for two hours before. So I was like, right, so you enjoyed it then? He said, I really enjoyed it, mate. It was great. And that sums Tom up. You know, he's he will switch off very quickly if... Uh, it's boring if you're not straight to the point, if it's not energetic with clarity. Um, So I was saying to some of the DS and the coaches with Tom, it's like create structure around him, you know, give him that element of safety of that understanding that we're planned, we're prepared, everything's catered for, and then just set him free and allow him to express himself and be himself. And I think if that answers your question, Tom, that would probably describe him perfectly. That's got to be really useful for you, G getting to know your teammates I mean you, you've known some of your teammates like Ben for half your life but some of them you don't know so well and you only met Tom for the first time early this year so that's that's got to be pretty useful for you to get a better understanding of what makes your teammates tick yeah I, I don't know what you think Swifty but it's good to clarify what you think and what you think you know but also it just gets you talking I think that's the main thing and what what we said to Martin at the end was kind of it's been great and everyone's bought in and we've really enjoyed being open and getting to know each other and and you know people sort of what triggers what pisses them off and what what drives them but it's continuing that now and really working on that especially when we all go off you know different continents people live in so that's the biggest challenge really isn't it oh definitely i think you know it's quite long sessions but the way that we engaged from the start to the finish i think that showed how important it was to to each rider and to each each person on the team really hmm so maybe we should do it with our podcast crew, Tom. Yes, I like it. <laughs> we'll get producer Lou in in on it as well, and uh, yeah, we'll just bond as a team, and we'll become the the greatest podcast of all time, not just the the greatest for the for the last year. <laughs> Are we allowed to have drinks while we do this? Most definitely. Just don't tell Dave. Martin's been going on about it. He's been after a beer the whole. Well, it's only been two days. Yeah, he's got one see, now. He's, he's got one. He's got one now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Martin, your podcast is called the T2 Hubcast. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, my company is T2, the People Performance People. So one of the things we do is we we have a podcast for all of our clients and listeners. No more than 30 minutes a podcast. We take topics of self-development and psychology and leadership and culture, and we just naturally discuss them uh, for 30 minutes, short, sharp, straight to the point, and... Um, yeah, it's it's like this. I was listening. I was saying to G uh, before coming out here. I was actually listening to your podcast. Um, you know, and really got into it. I love the. It reminds me a lot of the way we do things. Nice and relaxed, not overly scripted. That's because G can't read the scripts very well. Yeah, G doesn't like to be scripted, right? So just let me let me be free. Um, but yeah, T um, two Hubcast, and we generally try and make it a bit of fun and fun and engaging as well. So yeah. Well, it's been great having you with us today, Martin. Thanks for joining us and thanks for casting so much light on the man whose name is in the masthead. Yeah, cheers, Martin. Appreciate that. We had a ball. Well, Swifty as well. Thanks for coming, mate. Thank you. We didn't, time. 
Don't ask you too many questions, to be fair, but... Uh, well, we get Ben back on in a time, yeah. I was just here for the mood, lighting the spirits. <laughs> exactly, yeah, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Thanks, guys. Right, Tom, it's time to get a Zwift update. Now, while you and producer Lou are keeping up with your fitness on Zwift, I thought I'd check in with some of our GTCC members on why they use it and get some tips for you both. Aren't I nice? My name is Keith Parkson. I am 47. I live in Newcastle and I have stage 4 bowel cancer. I raise money for the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation, part of the Newcastle Hospital Charity, by doing running and cycling challenges. Two years ago, while shielding, I rode the 2018 Tour de France hills and all in my kitchen, and this year I will be attempting the 190k of the Fivedale Sportive and the Great North Run. After chemo didn't work, I was told that I would be lucky to survive for another 12 months. The Sir Bobby Robson Foundation are responsible for the experimental immunotherapy trial, which has kept me alive for the last four years. I started using the Turbo Trainer and Zwift as a training tool, initially to maintain fitness during chemo. During lockdowns and beyond, Swift has also become a means for me and my friends to meet up for a ride or a race and then a catch-up on Zoom a couple of times a week. As we're scattered around this country, this helps us maintain contact, motivates us to train and, certainly in my case, helps with my mental well-being. Oh, Keith, thank you so much for that message. That is a huge inspiration for me and Jean, all our GTCC members. Um, and if you were listening to that and you fancied donating to Keith's Challenges, raising money for the Newcastle Hospital's charity, just search for Just Giving Keith Farquharson. I'll give you the spelling of that as well. It is F-A-R-Q-U-H-A-R-S. O-N. You could also join him on Zwift. We've got our weekly GTCC group rides every Wednesday at six o'clock in the evening. And we'd love to see you there. Just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial. Chairman Tom, I hear you've got some news. I've got great news, Garrett. We've got another sponsor on board. It is Lacquer Insurance. And I hear we've got a very exciting offer for our members too. But first, let's tell our listeners a bit about Lacquer. Yeah, well, Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists, just like our GTCC members listening to this. Lacquer's bicycle insurance is made for everyone, from Grand Tour winners like you to riders hitting the pedals for the first time, like our club secretary, Louise. Lacquer turned the existing insurance model on its head. Right, instead of projecting what costs it may need to cover and charging inflated prices, Lacquer only charges you based on the cost of actual claims that have been taken out that month. And your monthly price is capped too. Lacquer make money by receiving a small fee from every claim they settle, meaning for every settled claim, Lacquer gets paid. The more claims they settle, the more they earn. It's insurance geared towards helping cyclists get back in the saddle. And when it comes to making a claim, it is handled by their team of cycling experts and usually agreed within a day with no depreciation and no excess. And the best bit, Tom, is all our GTCC members can get an exclusive Geraint Thomas Cycling Club sweatshirt when they join Lacquer. Just head over to www.lacquer.co and sign up using the code GTCC. Enjoy. Right, Tom, it's time for any other business. So, shall we start by appointing some more road captains? Yeah, big time. Uh, first up, it is Ben Truen, who is going to lead the club in Moray in Scotland. For Stockport, it's Andy Maddox. 
Now, we already have Dave Garner, who is heading up West Yorkshire, but Diana Green has got in touch. So, Dave, can she help you out? And finally, Alberta in Calgary. I guess that's North America somewhere. I don't want to commit. Canada. It's Colin Hilson. Okay, next up in AOB. A few weeks ago, when we had Jens Voigt on, uh, we asked our members to get in touch with their worst or best days on a bike. And we've had plenty of you send yours in. Aunt Christie said his worst day was being chased and attacked by two mean shepherd dogs as he was going uphill. (laughs) Rebecca says her worst day was accidentally going up Gospel Pass into a headwind and she got off and cried. Oh, Rebecca. Uh, And Tidybeard says his worst was a 100-kilometre charity ride, went from start to finish, chasing two far fitter riders, had a little strop. And if you'd like another podcast to listen to on your rides this week, why not try The Joe Marler Show? It's Quinns and England rugby player Joe Marler talking probably about everything except rugby. Talking to barbers, clowns, someone who's been in a cult, tattoo artists, firefighters and many more. He's asking all the awkward, funny questions so you don't have to. Just search for The Joe Marler Show. We'll see you next week. Cheers. See you then. That was the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to Club Secretary Louise Gwilliam, Head of Music Emma Hickman, Head of Social Fionn Clark and our Honorary President Mike Carr. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.